feel like when you walk into a situation with a sense of control, that makes all the difference. When you're in charge of the, the decisions that you make, that makes all the difference. Even if that decision is, I'm taking a break today. I'm not gonna track this. I'm just gonna enjoy myself. And I've made the decision that that's what I wanna do. That is vastly different than, oh my gosh, I'm so unprepared, F it. I've screwed this day totally. This day is screwed. It's like the same situation, but you can look at it as like, oh my gosh, I've just effed up. I'm a loser. Or I've chosen to do it this way today and I will choose tomorrow to get back on track or whatever it is. Like just own your stuff and move on. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. It's three chicks sitting around shooting the shit. <laughs> Those are my yeah. favorite conversations, honestly. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome coach on Team BFF, partner in crime and friend, Amy Rudolph. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. Thank you for asking me on. Oh, well, very happy to have you here. And for those who may not know, the capacity in which Amy and I worked together most recently was in the Team BFF 28-Day Shred Summer Challenge, which was a very cool experience, safe to say, for everybody involved and us. Yes. I was pumped about it because it was kind of like a peek behind the curtain for so many people mm -hmm. to see what it's like to kind of be coached to see our philosophies and our strategies on a pretty general basis. Obviously we can't personalize to how many people? 200 ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we really could make, we made a big impact long story short at the end of this challenge and all along the way, I was blown away by how much people were impacted by the community aspect. And then just the coaches being able to help, you know, yeah. Like just a peek inside coaching a little bit. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you come to be coach Amy Rudolph? Well, let's see. So my background, my degree is in physical therapy. So I spent over 20 years doing the physical therapy thing. I would say in the last 10 years had the most impact on me. I would say I did oncology rehab, which really solidified for me like First and foremost, I've always wanted to help people. I've always been kind of gravitated towards like the medical profession, but not really wanting to be a doctor. How can I help people in a different way? So physical therapy was it. And I did a little bit of everything. Like I worked in hospitals. I worked in nursing homes. I was all over the place just kind of to get a feel for it. But the last 10 years of my full-time PT career was spent in oncology rehab, which was just super cool. Like, and I was working with people that had been through it, right? I mean, anywhere from like being initially diagnosed with cancer through treatment, chemo, radiation, and surgeries all the way to survivorship. And these people inspired the crap out of me because most of the, most of them were women, some men, but they wanted to not only survive, but to thrive after all of this. And, you know, 
I could see the medical model starting to move that way. It's, it was not, not just, well, you you're living, what do you want me to do? You know, like, what else do you want? you you survived, but these people wanted to like, go back to lifting weights, running marathons, doing all the things that they wanted to do, you know, before this disease, they didn't want to have to give up. So that was really inspired me to continue to move forward and help people. I was a little bit at a crossroads in my PT career. Um, you know, the health insurance model was a little bit stifling at times for me being able to help people. So I just decided, how can I do this differently? Long story short, I made some connections through my own journey as a client. I hired a coach myself back in 2018 because I had my own struggles and just seeing how how and what an impact that coach made and how they could wide reach that they had in a in an online setting which I was skeptical of at first because I was always in person I was like thrilled of the possibilities to make that happen so just with some networking and getting to meet people in this space you know some of the familiar names that we all know um Beth being one of them Beth Rocco Jordan Syatt my coach was Carter Good. And so I just got to know all these people, Susan Niebergall, like-minded individuals that just wanted to help people live their best lives. So I just dove in and just got connected to all of these cool people. And long story short, you know, became a coach with Carter's team. He went a different direction a couple of years ago. Around the same time, Beth was like, hey, you know, we, we we could use another one on our team. I'm like, hell yes. I know what you're about. I had met all of you guys at the inner circle retreat and it was like, it was a no brainer. So here I am as a coach with team BFF for almost a year now. It's getting close. Um, it seems like it's been forever in a great way, but yeah. So I think that covers me <laughs> a little bit. Team BFF, baby. Team yes. BFF. Hell exactly. yeah. So what were some of those struggles? And it's always interesting to me to hear people in the profession, like physical therapists and even doctors sometimes in mm -hmm. the profession who still have their own struggles with diet and exercise, because you would think that, you know, you know what's going on, <laughs> you, you know think. how it works, You would think, but a lot of people don't. So like, what were some of those struggles for you and how did you get over them? Yeah. I mean, for me, a huge one was nutrition. Like we don't, we don't get anything nutrition in physical therapy school. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. This is back in the dark ages, guys. I graduated from PT school in the early nineties, but seriously, I know they've come a long way in so many different ways. I do not know what their curriculum is like now, but 1000% zero nutrition involved. It was all about, you know, rehabbing people from physical injury, Nutrition played zero part in that at the time. So for me, like, no, I did I didn't have anything. I was a you know child of the 70s and 80s. My memories of like dieting and nutrition were basically watching my parents do Weight Watchers annually, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or every other year. It was like this program they went on, they lost weight, they went off the program. And they just kind of floated back to their old habits. And like, that was just what you did. You wanted to lose some weight. You join a program, you count points or whatever you do, you lose the weight, you get off the program and hamster wheel it through life. And forever. that's just kind of what I, yeah, forever. So that's what I saw. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this too, because I, I, my parent, that's pretty much what, what I saw as a child, no extreme dieting like from my, my family members or people in my circles, 
my mom was, you know, she had some disparaging remarks to make about her own body on a frequent basis, never towards me or my siblings, but you know, you pick up on that stuff. And um, so it's like, oh, that's just kind of how it is. I think for me in hindsight, I was definitely had some body image issues, body dysmorphia, probably a little bit, a lot of comparing. I wanted to be skinny. I was tall and I had some shape to me, but I wanted to be like my skinny friends. I went to an all girls Catholic high school. So I'm surrounded by all kinds of bodies. And I just wanted to be skinny legs, tiny, and that just wasn't going to be me. So I was constantly comparing myself and you know how it, how it is. You go back and look at pictures of yourself back in those days. And you're like, I was totally fine. But yet I thought I was chubby. I didn't like my legs. I didn't like my arms. Like, and I was totally fine, but I spent so much time very preoccupied about my body. And just remember thinking, walking in the mall, tell me if you see somebody that looks like me, tell me, do I look like that person? Do I look like that person? Like I wanted, I just did not have a good concept of my body. I was not very appreciative of it. That was also kind of when anorexia and bulimia came on the scene pretty big, like in the, the late eighties, early nineties. And I was quite fascinated by it. I can tell you wholeheartedly, I had zero interest in trying it. Cause I thought, how can you possibly function on like zero food or just chewing gum? <laughs> for and that's it like there that was not something that i could ever even fathom but it was very fascinating to me that people were actually doing that um in the name of becoming small you know so that was quite interesting i even remember when i left for college my dad who you know is not a very you know communicative person with his daughters i mean he's a great guy but we didn't chat a lot he was actually very worried about me going off to college thinking could this happen to her? You know, could an eating disorder happen? And I was like, and I just remember him telling him, dad, you have no worries. You have no worries. I could never do anything that rash. Um, it's one thing to cut back on the food that you eat and try to exercise more. It's quite another to have an eating disorder where you are, you know, binging, purging, taking laxatives, eating nothing like, no, I wasn't, I was, I felt stable in that regard, that that was never something that would happen to me. And it never did. But really, I was just a product of two of, I went on Weight Watchers. I did Jenny Craig. Um, I actually worked for Weight Watchers for a time because I thought, oh, this is the uh, way to go. Yeah, I, didn't know yeah I did. I was not, I did not like lead the meetings, but I was one of the people where you'd walk in and I would ha have people get on the scale and record their weight. I was kind of one of those like greeter people. So yeah, it was, I just thought, Hey, this is the way. And I did that for a while. And I was a big cardio person, not interested in lifting weights, never really even thought about it in college. I worked at a, at a gym, but they had like the, the weightlifting area was like this big. And then it was all about the aerobics classes with the, with the heavy thumping bass music and the step aerobics and all that stuff. That was more my speed. Like let's just sweat and jump around and do cardio. That was the way to do it. So that was kind of where I was at. And yeah, just struggling with, I was a person who didn't really think a lot about my health and nutrition until I had a reason to. And that was, that was one of the things that really changed for me the last five years. I would diet because I had something that I wanted to diet for a family vacation, the summer, a class reunion. And I would put all this pressure on myself to you got to lose X pounds in X months. 
And it was a mind game, like nobody's business. And I would always screw it up. I would usually gain weight because I was so stressed about trying to figure out how to lose weight quickly and not stopping for one minute to think about healthy habits, (laughs) changing my ways, like what's serving me and what's not serving me, learning about myself, none of that. I was always like, let me just lose the weight, then I'll be happy, and then I'll figure out the rest of it later. I'll figure out how to keep it off and like be more healthy habit-minded after the fact, which, you know, how did that turn out? It never did. So the thing for me, um, I think in terms of what changed the game for me was something that our friend Jordan Syatt said. I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were, but the three words that he said that have really changed me forever really is eliminate the deadline. That was the thing for, for me that was, I was like, what? I don't know why something so simple. And so like, yeah, that makes sense. Just hit me in su- such a way. Like, what is your rush? Slow down and take the time to figure out how to be healthy, how to, build healthier habits, learn about yourself. That's really what's going to make it stick versus the hamster wheel. So yeah. anyway, I digress, (laughs) but the deadline made all the difference for me on my health and fitness journey to get me to where I am now. And that's what I in turn try to share with my clients, all the things I didn't do, but now I do like, if I can do it, you can do it too. (laughs) Eliminate the deadline actually was a big thing for me too. I don't know if you remember this, but I had a call with Jordan that actually ended up on his podcast a couple years ago now when I was still engaged about some type A thinking when it came to leading up to my wedding. And not that I had like a goal weight that I wanted to be for my wedding, but I had this idea that like, well, I have this thing that is a deadline. (laughs) So I have to be perfectly 100% consistent until that time. There wasn't a scale number attached to it, but it was still the mentality of like, I have this deadline. And that's what he said to me too. And he actually said, it would be silly to tell you to forget the deadline because you have this big event coming up. But how about moving that to like your first anniversary? instead of your wedding day. And that was just like a ton of bricks was just lifted off of my shoulders. Cause I was like, no, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And it made consistency so much easier, first of all. Right. But just the mental heaviness of like, well, I quote unquote have to until this time. Mm -hmm. That's a huge shift. Totally. And I mean, I think it's okay to be be motivated by stuff like that. Like, you know, little mindset, you know, the extrinsic motivation of a wedding or of an event can help you to stay on a path. But if you just put all your eggs in that basket and you're like, I must be at this certain place, which, you know, how much control do you have over like a number on the scale or whatever? Like, what does that even mean? Like I have to be at a certain place. Like, well, you can't will the scale to go down to a certain number or whatever, but Yeah. I mean, it's okay in some respects to have that motivation, but it really does have to be like, what do you really want for past that event and take your time and you're going to get there in a much more calm, cool, and collected way. I think, you know, when you take that time frame off for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the one thing, just looking back on some of my struggles too, that I, you know, hindsight is a beautiful thing. Like when you're in it and you're trying to figure it out, you're just like, oh, okay. But looking back on it now, I know one of my biggest 
challenges, I think, was my mindset, first and foremost, just ignorance about how to do things a sustainable way. Like, again, I was just program hopping, just like I'd been kind of grown up with. Um, Hop on a program, follow what they tell you to do, hop off, do it again, because you probably messed up and didn't really learn about yourself. And that's just what you do. So ignorance for one, and then just like self-accountability, just examining my own BS. What was I doing that was standing in the way of me being healthy? And what did, what did that even mean? Because up to that point, it was all about scale numbers for me too. Like I just want to weigh this much. Or I remember when I was in high school, I weighed this much and I want to weigh that again. And just all about numbers and not really even thinking about what do you really want? And obviously with age comes wisdom. As I'm getting older, I want to be healthy. I want to be around to do all the things I want to do to hike and run and lift weights for as long as I want to, you know, let alone get up and down off the floor or the toilet without pain and suffering and and all that kind of stuff. So, but I remember distinctly the self-accountability thing, which I was like, are you kidding me? Now that I think back at this, I remember being at a doctor's appointment, hoping that my thyroid levels were off so that I could blame my weight gain and, you know, have like a pill to take to help me level that off. I mean, how crazy is that? But in the moment, well, and because there's a family history, like my mom and my aunt and my grandmother all on, you know, on that side of the family has hypothyroidism. So I'm over here going, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And if I just get some medication, it'll make my life better. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, but I, that's how I felt. I'm like, I was just kind of hoping in that moment that that was going to be my answer. And when everything was normal, I just remember being like, damn it, (laughs) that's not it. You know, what am I supposed to do? So um, yeah, but just, so just ignorance about really how to do it the right way, which is simple, 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 not easy, but very simple when you really think about how it's laid out and then just self-accountability and being curious over being judgmental. That's another thing that has stuck with me that I share with my clients ad nauseum. Like just be curious about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Don't shame and judge yourself for it. Come on. You know, if you're like me, you've had 20, 30 years of BS thinking, programming, this is the way it's supposed to go. You've got to, you know, suffer and eliminate and all the things. Like, why wouldn't you? you know, be skeptical, but get curious and don't be judgmental and trust yourself and the process. And that's kind of my formula that I try to preach and encourage because it worked for me and it's, it's still working for me. You know, it's a work in progress still, you know, I have goals and I have struggles still just because I'm a coach and I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life in my almost mid fifties. And I'm super excited about that, but I still have my, my moments that are like, yeah, yep. Okay. Rain it in. Remember what you're, what you're doing here, you know, cause I'm human. So that's just how it goes. Yeah. I love your philosophy. You know, all of team BFF kind of has the same philosophy and our circle in general has the, the yes. same philosophy, which I love and that it, it has to come down to honesty and curiosity. Really. I think mm-hmm. if I had to really boil it down to like, tiny, tiny things. I mean, it's complicated in practice, (laughs) simple in theory, right? But honesty with yourself and curiosity. It's that curiosity without judgment that you said that I love. 
mm-hmm. because that is so like, I mean, pick any instance in life. If you're, you know, your partner snaps at you instead of like immediately wanting to fight back, you know, it's like, well, I wonder why they said that. Like, where are they coming from? Right. First of all, maybe is there any truth to what they're saying? But also maybe what, where are they right now that maybe that's not actually coming from? You know, they don't mean it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, like, when your plans hit the fan with nutrition or, you know, something emotional happened that day and you feel like pounding a pint of ice cream instead of getting mad at yourself for the feeling or instead of immediately diving into the ice cream and then getting mad at yourself later, taking that pause and asking yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this? What do I actually need? Where should I go from here? Which is, it's so hard in the moment, but it's so important. Right. Right. And just that, you know, the whole, that whole awareness piece. I mean, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. Like just be real with yourself. Like there's no reason to hide. Um, Cause trust me, when I was first started off as a client, like I did not track everything I ate because I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. But guess what? Your body just tracked all that. So who are you helping or hurting here by, you know, like you're not trying to like put on a good show for your coach. They're there to help you. So, you know, again, I've, I've learned a lot, both, you know, on the negative and positive sides that I bring to the table as a coach, cause I've been a client. And I mean, obviously we're all different and we, you know, have different lifestyles and schedules and whatnot, but I get it. And I try to remind my client, I'm like, there's probably nothing that you could put on your food logs that would surprise me that I haven't done myself, you know, like, let's just be honest with each other because that's how you, that's the springboard to change is just being aware of what the heck you're doing. And it's okay. I mean, if you hide from it, it's not going to change. It's just not, you know, just put it out there and let's, let's have some fun with it and let's figure it out, you know? with the curiosity piece, not the judgment piece. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that about like not tracking because <laughs> I literally almost did that last week. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in a calorie deficit right now. And I haven't been very consistent at all for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks just because of social life and all these things. Sure. And there was a, a period of time where I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to put this on the tracker. But then I thought about it and I was like, why? It's not like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not in a deficit because I'm maintaining my weight. It doesn't like magically poof away. (laughs) Exactly. So I, first of all, got to manage my expectations here. But also, I don't really have anything to be ashamed of, really, because it's just life, you know? Exactly. And if you're not consistent, you're not consistent. And (laughs) it's that honesty and curiosity without the judgment about it. Right. And that's, that's a hard thing to do sometimes because we, you know, I would say just from my personal experience and being a coach for the last five years ish, we have this all or nothing mentality that whether we recognize it or not, that it it is, it's like, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Or if I'm not nailing these 10 different things and just nailing them all well, all the time that I'm failing. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you know, then, then you jump out and you don't, you know, you, you jump ship because you're not doing all the things right. And it, and again, I was there, you know, I don't have time for an hour workout. So I did no workout. I'm like, well, how much sense does that make? You know, do it for 20 minutes, do it for 30 minutes. Like you can go into the areas, you know, the gray areas. 
that's where a lot of success happens is in the gray. You know, it doesn't have to be black and white. That's usually where we we struggle and stumble. You know, eventually you're going to have to deal with these these feelings and these things. Like you like you said, I didn't want to track it. Life gets in the way or something's going on and it just the day went sideways. It's like, well, just track it and deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it one eventually. So why don't you just deal with it along the road and and uh figure it out, you know, kind of in that slow and steady pace versus the on again, off again mentality of, you know, kind of avoiding that stuff. Cause the mindset is huge. I mean, and I'm big on the mindset. It's such a huge part. You cannot untangle that with the exercise, the food, the brain is right up in there. Oh yeah. Over it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a while ago now on your stories, and I took notes when you were talking about this because I loved it. Um, you were talking about a ritual that you have with your, I think with your friends, right? Yeah. Donut Fridays. Yeah. Donut Fridays. Yeah. So uh, I love that. And I want to talk about that because that was one of those things where it's like, you know, when I find little nuggets in my everyday life that I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I think other people would benefit hearing from this because if, if, it, if I'm thinking it, I'm, I'm just a regular person that has had her struggles and still does let's share it. So long story short, I have a group of friends and we get together three days a week, usually sometimes four to take a walk or take a run or just whatever. And we, we kind of have a circuit. We have different places where we meet. It's usually a coffee shop. We'll go do our walk or our run. And then we come back and have coffee because, you know, you have to dangle that little reward, that little carrot. You know, we sit and have, you know, coffee and chat, nice little sense of community every, you know, in the mornings to kind of get the day started. So several months ago, we we used to not do this donut place, but we changed it up. There was a donut place down the street because there was a coffee shop that was either closing or something. Anyway, we got like, we got to find a new venue for Fridays. So it was this great donut place and they have great coffee and they have a little seating area. So we're like, let's do it. So then it was like, Hmm, you know, and I'm not a big donut person. I'm just not like, that's just not my go-to. If you're, if you're going to ask me, like, do you want something sweet? I'll take sweet all the time. I love sweet, but not really donuts. But these donuts, I mean, the smell, the case of the beautiful donuts. So I'm like, okay, I felt like this was a bit of a challenge for me because it's like not on, was never on my agenda to, to go to this place. So it got me thinking, I'm like, okay, well, how do I make this work? And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be black or white. What is this really about? I mean, it's a routine. It's a ritual that I enjoy. What's the main thing about it that I'm here for? And it's to be with my friends, to chat, de-stress, whatever, start my day off on the right foot. It's not about the donut. So decide how you want to make that work. Focus on what it's really about for starters. And secondly, you know, it's a ritual and a routine that I love. I'm not going to not show up on Fridays because there's donuts and I'm afraid that I'm going to cut loose on the donuts. So I better just stay away. There's no way I'm going to do that because I would be missing out on the main point of why I'm there. And that's to connect with my people. So how can I make that work? And I feel like just in general, when you have health and fitness goals, you have fat loss goals, what have you? Yes. Your life is going to have to change somewhat. I mean, where you are now is not going to get you to where you want to be. So changes need to be made. Compromises need to be made. But it doesn't have to be a 180. 
you don't have to abandon your life to meet your goals. I would highly encourage you not to, because that to me falls into the category of restriction and deprivation and just not fun. So let's figure out a way where we can blend the two. And for me, it was, I can go, I can have great coffee with free refills and hang out with my people. And maybe on occasion, I will have a donut if I want to, I will plan for it. I will, you know, if I'm in a fat loss phase, I will pre-log it. So it's accounted for, for my day and I work around it and I go about my day and I still really fill my cup with what I'm really there for, which is, you know, just the people. So that was something that kind of just dawned on me because it's like, I I just feel like, you know, people, you, we have lives, we have social lives, we have, you know, partners, we have children, we have activities, we can make it all work out we're going to have to tweak it a little bit. There's just going to be compromises that need to be made, but it doesn't have to be so dire. Like you don't have to sit in the corner with a celery stick at your kid's baseball game. How can you figure out a way to make it work, to have fun with it? If you've got goals, yeah, compromise. But that's why I feel like a lot of times, you know, just having that relationship with the client and just shining the light on those things. It's like, you can do this differently. Mm -hmm. You don't have to abandon all the things you love. Um, And it really makes me happy to be able to help people do that. And then when I see it show up in my own life, I'm like, okay, I can really share this with my clients or I see how, you know, they might be struggling and, you know, I can bring examples from my life into it as well. So those routines and rituals really should stay because they're important. You have them for a reason. Um, And I think, again, everybody's different, but how can you make them fit into your goals? And, And that's really what it's about. Like, how do you make your goals fit into your lifestyle, not the other way around. I I really feel like, you know, if you really try to completely overhaul your whole life just to lose some fat, it's probably going to get a little bit hectic, but if you can kind of think of it the other way, um, make some tweaks and changes, but still enjoy it. And I'm always about like, let's just have some fun guys. Let's have some fun with this. You know, it doesn't have to be so serious. Granted, I know some people are like, well, I really need to do this for my health. And I get that. And, it, you know, I understand maybe the sense of urgency to like, let's get going. But I think, you know, if you really just, again, stop and think, relax, make this work for you in a slow, sustainable way, because up until this point, anything that you've done in a rush or in a sense of stress and urgency hasn't worked at least not permanent, not permanently anyway, because here we are, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. working on these things. So routines and rituals should stay. I feel like, you know, having some restraint is good, but you don't have to be restrictive. I think those two words can be powerful. Restraint, not restrict. Yes. That's that's something else I learned from my my coach too, that I'm stealing, but it it makes a big difference how we talk to ourselves and how we think about things make a big difference. So practice some restraint, but you don't have to abandon and say, nope, can't have that. It's like, I'm choosing not to have it today. I might have it next time because I'm in control. I love that. And then not like feeling, or I mean, maybe feeling it, but not like letting that feeling run into craziness, you know, guilty about not eating it or like embarrassed that you decided not to have it. A while ago, I was talking about, you know, Monday nights, every other week we go to trivia and it's at a pub. And mm-hmm. when I'm in a fat loss phase, I, I don't get dinner because it's not helpful to my consistency and I don't really want it. It's not that I feel like I can't have it 
because, mm-hmm. you know, it'll make me fat or whatever. It's right. that I know next time if I go, I could get something. I could also just get something smaller. But I know it will fit my goals and serve me better if I just eat at home beforehand. And then not being weird about it, you know? Don't make it weird. <laughs> it doesn't need to be weird. Exactly. You're more worried about it than others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's hugely individual too because somebody else might feel like it's just – it doesn't feel right. They would like to have something. So maybe they get the burger without the bun or maybe they get a, a salad with you know some dressing on the side or something that works for them. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. There's so many ways you can do it. There's so many ways you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I want people to understand that they don't have to uproot their entire lives in order to reach their goals. Mm-hmm. And yes, like you said, some compromises have to be made. Sometimes some things have to change, but it doesn't have to be such insanity. It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, the end the end of the world is coming. I have to make these changes. I mean, they can be subtle changes and you got to lean into it. You know, if you want change, you're going to have to do something maybe you haven't done before and really give it a shot. Just give it a shot. And I, I always, you know, tell my clients, and I've thought about this for my own, it's like planning ahead as much as possible, like visualizing how the day is going to go or how your week's going to go and planning ahead as best you can. I feel like when you walk into a situation with a sense of control, that makes all the difference. When you're in charge of the the decisions that you make, that makes all the difference. Even if that decision is, I'm taking a break today. I'm not going to track this. I'm just going to enjoy myself. And I've made the decision that that's what I want to do. That is vastly different than, oh my gosh, I'm so unprepared. F it. You know, I, I, I've screwed this day totally. This day is screwed. Like what we're, what we're telling ourselves there. It's like the same situation, but you can look at it as like, oh my gosh, I've just effed up. I'm a loser or I've chosen to do it this way today. And I will choose tomorrow to get back on track or whatever it is. Like just own it, own your stuff and move on, you know, versus like spiraling with it. Just own it and just do the best you can to plan. I think, you know, when you can walk in with a plan, you're in so much better shape than winging it because that can kind of go down a weird path. If you're just like, "Uh, I don't know what to do, you know, do the best you can. You know, if you don't know what's being served at the at the seminar, you have no idea what food is going to be served. That's okay. Like, just think about what, what can you do? Do your best, find your protein sources, find a vegetable, you know, just do the best you can. It's okay. Don't freak out. Life is not going to be in neat little packages all the time, you know, (laughs) ever. (laughs) You're going to be outside your bubble sometimes. So you got to just give it a whirl, you know, and do your best. And that's what I tell, tell people too. It's like, stumbling and fumbling around is how you learn to do differently. So don't be afraid of that. Like if you have, you have a crappy day, oh, well, what did you learn about it? Don't just be mad about it. Stop and think about what happened. And when that situation presents itself again, because it will, how can I do that differently? How can I tweak that to be more in my favor? Because again, like you're learning but you're also unlearning. That's that's the one thing that I've kind of figured out too. It's like, we're learning how to, to do better, but we're also unlearning all the crap that we thought was the right way to do things for years and years. So be gentle with yourself, you know, challenge yourself, lean in, but also be gentle with yourself and don't, don't be verbally abusive to yourself, you know? Right. 
In no world does that help literally anything. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But I think just those little nuggets are super helpful. And I think it does take people a while to like really trust themselves that after all of all, all the ways you've been burnt before, like, yeah, you can do this. Just trust yourself and lean in and take your time. Be okay with slow. People get really antsy about not moving quick enough. And it's like, "Mm, take your time, take your time. If you want this to stick, like I said in my post this morning, it's a one-way street. That's what we want. A one-way street, not coming back and (laughs) coming back around and doing it again. Just a one-way street, nice and slow. Yeah. Let's talk about your post this morning because I loved it. Awesome. Okay. It's been a common theme with my clients quite a bit, but what kind of sparked it was a recent client conversation where um, I've had this client for a while. She's been rocking it. She's doing great. We're in our second round of maintenance. Um, So we're doing all the things, but you know, she was just open with me, which I love. I'm like, just spill it out. You know, if it's on your mind, spill it out. It helps me kind of climb in your head a little bit and know where you're coming from. And I love that as a coach. So she's like, you know, I am just, I'm just frustrated. You know, I feel like, you know, she's, you know, she's got some belly fat that she just wish would move. And so that came up and, you know, it just feels like I'm, she's like, she, she's like, I just feel, you know, I'm just kind of blah, not really into it. Low motivation, just feeling like kind of in this stalled place. And it got me thinking and, and we kind of went back and forth and it's like, you know, it is hard still, even after all this time to remember that this is not a program that you're on, you know, that you're going to be done with an X amount of time that you're in, you know, it's still hard not to think about those things. Like I really want to get the, you know, this, this weight off, or I really want to do this. And it's really about just plugging in. This is your life. This is your life. This is your lifestyle. This is just who you are now working out, you know, prioritizing protein, you know, looking at your food choices, negotiating social situations. This is just who you are now. This is not a program. So it's, and it's okay. And it's normal to just be like, meh, (laughs) (laughs) kind of over this right now. And that's okay. You know, maybe it's about thinking about different things you can focus on or challenging yourself in new ways. But if you're human, you're not always going to be like, rah, rah, especially, I mean, she's been at it for over a year now. So, you know, it happens. And so I just, it just inspired me to make the post, which is really about, you know, what if you just looked at this as this is who you are, this is you're transitioning into a new person, you're becoming a better version of yourself. You're, this is your life's new lifestyle under construction, really never to be finished just to be, you know, enjoyed and get curious about again, like that word that we used before, just be curious about trying new things and just making it fun rather than it's a program that you're going to finish or a deadline you're going to have to meet or a finish line you're going to have to cross. So I think if you just relax around that and recognize that, that it is your life and the new life you're creating, it just makes a world of difference in how you look at it. Versus like, dang, I should be here by now or there by now. Well, if you're, as long as you're moving forward for the most part, you know, net positive, as I say, even if it's in first gear, it's still forward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be perfectly honest, I'm kind of feeling like right now. Um, I have a head cold. If you can't tell by my voice. I know. And maybe it's because, (laughs) because I'm not feeling great, but I was like, I had a moment the other day where I was like, 
I'm going to have to think about protein and vegetables for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm. Right. And mm. I don't want to. Not want. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are those days. There yeah. are those days where you're just, yeah, like you don't feel good. Like it doesn't, yeah. chicken doesn't sound good. Sourdough toast sounds good <laughs> for every meal. No, but I mean, it's just like we're human. We just got to, we just got to roll with it. And really it's about, you can't have everything in balance all the time either. Ease up on yourself. You are going to feel blah sometimes. It's so like, normal to feel blah. Yeah, it's so normal. <laughs> and like when, like when Iris was just saying, you know, I, I have a head cold, I kind of feel like crap. I'm not really into protein and vegetables right now, you know, kind of thing. And I think that's what I was starting to say was, I think you have to be okay with giving your time and attention to other things too, not just your macros and your workout schedule. Because if you're a mom, if you're sick, if you have a stressful thing going on in your family, sometimes you have to give your time and your energy and your bandwidth to that situation and your nutrition and your health does go on the back burner for a time, but you, you're not going to abandon it, but you can't keep it all in balance. Sometimes you just can't because there's just not enough bandwidth available. So, you know, you shift gears, you take care of your people or whatever you have to do, but then you get back to yourself and that's okay. Again, shades of gray, not black and white, allowing yourself to be okay with that. Because if, when it's a lifestyle, I think it you can relax a little bit more around it. You're not like, oh my gosh, but I have to get to such and such by such and such. No, you don't. You don't. Don't jump ship, but just downshift and take care of what you need to take care of and stay. Keep yourself on the list. Even if you have to go down a few notches, you can come back up later. Mm-hmm. The visual I like to give is that it's it's like a dimmer switch instead of like an on-off. It's like, okay, you, t- you turn it up sometimes and then you can really knock it out of the park certain things and then you turn it down other times and you really knock other things out of the park and it's okay to do that i was just having a conversation with somebody the other day where i reminded her i was like you know it's okay not to have like very specific dialed in goals all the time it's Mm -hmm. okay you don't have to the caveat of course is to manage your expectations right like if you're not putting in the work for specific things you can't expect those specific things to happen but also it's okay to not be like super turned up and like hitting something real hard that's okay too and you can keep the the basic minimums you know just to keep the momentum going but also let off the gas pedal a little bit yes and you know talking about our challenge when we had those anchors that we talked about, I like that too. Like what can be one, two things that you will always come back to? Like maybe if life is going a little bit sideways, what can you still do? Can you drink your water? Can you do five, a five minute walk? You can do that. Like go back to your anchors. Even if you start to drift, you know, come back to those and keep doing those. And then, you know, when you can, dial it back up and bring more intensity to it. Human, more human. It does kind of require like an identity shift too when you're trying to build this as a lifestyle. There's this phrase that I say sometimes, like you have to practice who you want to be before you become it. Yep. And if you are a person who, you know, cares about how much and what they eat, you have to practice doing that. 
if you are a person who cares about, you know, moving your body in a way that serves you and your goals, you have to practice doing that. And it's kind of, I heard this reframe a couple days ago, and I can't remember who said it now, but it was like, not so much thinking about yourself like you have to fix yourself, but rather just slowly removing the things that aren't who you want to be, mm. which I loved. It was in the the visual that they gave was Michelangelo's David and the quote that is attributed to him about like, I just removed everything that wasn't David. And it's kind of like that with us. Mm. And we have to, and sometimes we'll, like we were talking about, um, like not eating at trivia or not getting a donut. Sometimes we do things and we try stuff and it either feels right for us or it doesn't. And then we try different things and we figure out what works and we have to be okay with that trial and error. Yes. But we, we kind of chip away at who we want to be. And I love that visual instead of like, this is me. I hate it. Now let's overhaul everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. That doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> sound fun and motivating at all. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, James Clear was, was kind of Atomic Habits, kind of my Bible. You know, cast the vote for who you want to be, you know, and keep casting those votes. Study and sure. And like you said, too, like, how can we reframe it so it doesn't feel so daunting? You know, what can I add to my plate versus what I should take away. Um, how can I make this a more positive spin on things is super helpful. Yeah. It's just a more, more positive, less stifling outlook. Right. And don't be afraid of the trial and error. I say that a lot too, especially yeah. nutrition. Holy crap. That is trial <laughs> and error all the time. And that's okay. You know, see what works until it doesn't, because it might not, it might work great for a few months. And then you're like, eh, this isn't quite working out. So shift, you know, flexible dieting, just be okay with it there, you know, and I think that's where people get stuck because they've been told you must do it this way in order to succeed. And if you can't do it this way, then you are failing, you know, like not true, not true. So again, learning and unlearning, we have to do it all, but we yeah. can, we can do it. Yeah. And it happens simultaneously too, which is really cool to see. And we saw that in the challenge too, just which we did quite often was call people out on their language with love, of course. But like, hey, let's talk about this. Do you notice the words that you're using? They carry weight. They do. They do. And people say them with that, with no, no thought. It's almost reflexive. Like that's just how it's always been. And it's, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It sounds cheesy, but it is very true how mm -hmm. the words you do say matter big time. Yeah, words are very powerful. And I think people forget that the way that you talk to yourself, you are the one person who's stuck with you for the rest of your life. So yeah. making sure that you're filling your own cup with positivity is really the most important thing, I think, because you need to learn how to develop self-compassion. You need to learn how to develop self-love and you need to learn how to develop that self respect on mm. top of that. And if you're speaking to yourself negatively or you're degrading yourself or minimizing your wins, things like that, it's only going to hurt you, not anybody else, but you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do you trust yourself? If you're constantly thinking you're not somebody that's trustworthy, you know, yeah. to trust yourself to make those right decisions for your health. Like it just, you know, you're like, 
butting heads with yourself almost, you know, if you're not having some self-compassion along the way, for sure. You got to, you got to kick your own butt a little bit, but you also have to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a good blend in there, I think. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes kicking your butt is the kind thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. That's the compassionate thing to do. Cause otherwise you're just going to end up disappointed and resentful against yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, really just, again, it keeps going back to, in this conversation, it keeps going back to curiosity without judgment Mm -hmm. and honesty. Because you mm-hmm. can kick yourself in the butt and say, hey, look, actions are not lining up with expectations, and then end the sentence before, you dirty, rotten piece of shit. You don't have to go there. Right. Again, practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Got to pe- keep putting in the reps, not just with the weights, but with the mindset and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Can't get around it. Mm-mm. Sorry, folks. <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. Well, Amy, we love you. I love you yes, guys. Yes, we do. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Amy. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, I could sit and talk with you guys all day. When you have like a people of like mind, just could go on and on and on. It's great. I love it. So thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. Oh, well, you're very welcome. And we will have you back to talk about more PT stuff. I would love it. Mobility and strength and stuff, of course, is very important. I will be ready to go whenever you guys are ready to have me back. All right. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, work with you potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I am on team BFF, Beth Farako Fitness. If you want to see my bio along with what we're about with coaching, you can go to bethfaracofitness.com. I am primarily on Instagram. That's where you can find me. I am at Amy Rudolph 832 Fitness, all lowercase, long, but um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at on stories and you can find out about me there. But yeah, you can see my bio on the Team BFF website at bethfrockofitness.com. I think those are the two main places. All right. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us. And I'm sure I will text you in some capacity within like the next 10 minutes. So... <laughs> Sounds like a blast. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great day. Take care. And to everybody else, we will talk to you later. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at getyouabrooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice.